Welcome back to another week of the Rev MD podcast. This week, we're going to kind of expand on what we talked about last week with non-covered charges around how to create or what elements you need to create a patient payment policy. And so if you remember last week, if you haven't listened to that podcast, just push pause, head over to that, go check it out. But last week, we really touched on non-covered charges, right? So something that you bill to the insurance, the insurance says, hey, we're going to deny that for one reason or another. And we talked about certain codes that then you could flip to patient responsibility or certain you know, processes and procedures that you need to have in place in order to flip it to a patient's responsibility. And so I kind of thought about this this week, and, you know, even some of our clients really struggle with having a really solid patient payment policy. And there's examples out there on the internet. I have some examples. If you need one, you can ask at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com. But really, at the end of the day, having a patient payment policy is going to allow you to let your patients know what the policies are, let your front office know what the policies are, right? Because they're the ones who are having to explain it, and really just have everybody on the same page so that you get paid for what you should be, you know, for the work that you're doing, um, essentially. So... If you guys don't know us, right, so I'm uh, a pathologist by background, physician executive, and we have a full service um, medical billing and coding company. And so this podcast is here to help give tips to private practices who are out there trying to get paid by insurance companies, trying to get paid for what the work that they're doing. So if you are interested in having somebody take a look at your own metrics, why don't you give us a call, head over to our website, nationalrevenueconsulting.com, and you can check out Contact Us, and we are happy to do an evaluation of your practice. Um, some of our practices over the last year have grown their revenue over 25 to 30% just with having the right processes in place. I will tell you, depending on where your practice is today, it may not always be the easiest transition, but we are a partner. We help make sure that you get there in one piece. So as always, our podcast is really there for educational purposes. If you have any detailed questions about your own policies and procedures, Make sure you're consulting with your compliance team, your legal team, and as always, hopefully you enjoy these um, helpful tips. So again, what are we talking about this week? Patient payment policies. So again, like I mentioned, this is really key, not only for your patients, but for your front office staff to really have an understanding of your patient payment policy, understand what it means when you ask a patient to pay a copay or deductible or co-insurance, co right? What do those words mean so that they can explain it to the patients? And then if your front office staff understands it, if you have a physical either paper or something online that you hand the patients that they sign off on that, that is always going to help you collect the money up front, which is our recommendation. You're always collecting those patient payments up front. If there's an overdue balance, you're collecting that before they go see the physician. And you really have a policy around if you can't pay, then you can't see the physician today. And I know that's harsh, but at the end of the day, we see practices with $30,000, $40,000 or $200,000, dollars $300,000, depending on the size of the practice, in patient AR. And it's just, it's that's money that is actually due to you, right? It's different than insurance AR. Insurance accounts receivable is the bucket of money that you charge to an insurance company, but you know you're not going to get paid that. Patient AR is different. That is actually money you should get paid dollar for dollar. So today we're going to talk about kind of the elements in a uh, patient payment policy. So we're going to talk about 
eight different elements that you can have in your patient payment policy. Again, something that you train your front staff on, something that they can speak to, something that you have patients sign up front. And again, as always, you are collecting those patient payments before they see the physician. All right. So let's talk about the elements of that patient payment policy. Number one, insurance responsibility. This is really important. This is kind of where everything starts, right? Having the correct insurance information for your patients is critical. So you need to make sure that patients are aware that it is their responsibility to provide that accurate insurance information, right? It's not your offices. It's not somebody in your front office trying to go hunt down what insurance they have. It is their responsibility. And so having that first and foremost in the patient payment policy is really critical. So key elements here is that they are providing insurance information before they even get to the appointment, right? They're doing that during patient registration. They're being able to say, yes, here's my insurance information. Your office is able to say, yes, you're in network. Great. Or if you're not in network, here's the form that you're going to need to sign, or here's our out of network policy. So having something in there letting the patient know it is their responsibility to follow up and give you the accurate information. And that if you get denials based on a lack of active coverage, right, because they haven't given you that information, then you're going to flip it to patient responsibility, period, end of story. So any changes, they must notify the office ahead of time. Obviously, in my opinion, it's good practice for the office to have a patient that they're coming in to see the physician. They're, they're having them, you know, sign and date. Yep. That's accurate information. Nothing has changed or if is something has changed, they're providing those cards. Ideally your office has already done insurance eligibility, right? So that's oftentimes the button you can push or a portal you can go on to, to check and see if the insurance is active. That just kind of helps get information cleared up while the patient's in the office if you do notice something. So then you're you're going to the patient and you're saying, hey, you know, there's an eligibility issue. Your insurance is active. Can I get that card from you today? So those are just different tactics to really hone in on the fact that insurance accuracy is going to be really critical. And again, like I said, if you do get a denial for inactive coverage, you have two choices. The office can try and hunt that down or you just flip it to patient responsibility that's really going to depend on, again, your patient payment policy, making sure they know. Um, All right. So number two, number two in the same kind of realm is really about insurance coverage, right? So this means what does the insurance policy cover? So a patient should have some awareness of whether or not They are responsible for understanding their own coverage. And I know this is really hard, especially if you've got elderly patients, they don't know all this lingo. They don't understand. They just, they have an insurance and they hope that it covers what, you know, they need it to cover. But in reality, you aren't the one, right? You, the physician, aren't the one who contracts with the insurance card on behalf of the patient, right? The patient has gone out. They've gotten insurance, uh, an insurance policy coverage They've gone out and had their employer get that coverage for them. So at the end of the day, whether or not their insurance covers something is truly up to the patient. That is their responsibility. So you can let a patient know that it is a courtesy that you check eligibility and that you do the prior auths. But at the end of the day, technically, um, you know, they are responsible for their own coverage. Now, 
I highly recommend and all offices, you know, have some responsibility of, of getting the prior auths. Granted, I have seen offices just say, we're not going to do that. The patient needs to get that. I think that's a little harsh just because patients don't really understand the medical world. But at the end of the day, if you let the patients know, here's, here's where your responsibility starts and ends. So again, insurance coverage, you need to tell them it's their responsibility to understand their insurance coverage, what is covered and not covered. From an office standpoint, I think it's best practice to make sure that if something is not covered or you think it may not be covered, that you are then providing a written notification to them of what your self-pay rates would be if it were a non-covered benefit. And of course, Running eligibility, getting prior offs is good practice for the practice. You know, at the end of the day, the patient is responsible for things that are not covered. Now, there are some rules around a non-covered benefit and Medicare or um, Medicare you know, services and making sure that you do an ABN and so forth, which I talked about in the last podcast. But again, insurance coverage, their responsibility, just like letting them know, hey, co-pays, co-insurance, deductibles, those are all things that their insurance company has developed. That is not something that your office has created. And so making sure they understand that. And I think, you know, I've, I've told our listeners before, we have a website where we have um, patient pamphlets that you can purchase. Um, really, we, we don't really upcharge them. It's just, you can go there, buy them, print them for your office. The website is nationalrevenueconsulting.com and you can click on patient pamphlets. So again, those are a really good way for you to explain what those terms mean. What is a copay, coinsurance, deductible? And then we also do state these are things that your insurance company has come up with. It's not things the office has come up with. All right, on to number three, right? Number three is out-of-network policy. Your patient payment policy should clearly outline who you are and who you are not in network with and how you manage out-of-network patients, right? Are you going to see them? Okay, great. If you're going to see out-of-network patients, then they need to be told that as they're registering, right? Because they've given you the insurance information. You've said, hey, I'm you know out of network with that carrier, but we're happy to you know have you come in as a self-pay patient or an uninsured patient. And you give them an estimate of services. You provide, you know, all of the necessary things for them to sign off and say, hey, this is what I think these services are going to cost. Or you give them a full self-pay fee schedule. So then they know, here's the three or four things we think we are going to have to do today. Here's what we think that's going to cost. They sign off on that form. And this is really important with the whole No Surprises Act. You really are obligated to provide certain patients a good faith estimate before they receive services if you do plan to bill them. And so there are some really good examples and good faith estimates and language and forms on the CMS website. And those can be incorporated into your patient payment policy or to the forms you have those patients sign. And again, your office needs to be crystal clear on who you are in and out of network with for each patient. And this includes, you know, some of those HMO plans or the different plans, Medicare Advantage plans that you really have to have an understanding um, to the plan level in some cases in terms of your credentialing. All right, number four, definitions of copay, coinsurance, deductible, and out of network or out-of-pocket max, what I meant to say, should be somewhere in your patient payment policy. And again, that can be in the pamphlets, like I mentioned, that we have examples of on our website. 
the front office also really needs to know what these terms are. And I know that that's hard. Front office staff, much like phlebotomy staff and, you know, where I work, are oftentimes places that, you know, have high turnover, right? Because it's, you know, a career path sometimes for a lot of people. And you, but you really need to have a training policy around this. And if you think about it, if you think about, gosh, I do have a lot of turnover in my front office staff, then one of the things I suggest, obviously, you know, having these definitions in your patient payment policy, but having training videos, right? Just like I'm recording this podcast, you can record videos training your staff or having your office manager train some staff. And then when a new staff member comes, that can be a list of, you know, videos that they can listen to at first. So then they start there and then that can be maybe their first day or two of training is, you know, reading your policies, listening to some videos. And I know that that takes time, right? Because it pulls them away from where you need them, which is often filling a gap. But I'm going to tell you when people are trained and know what to do, they're obviously going to do their job more efficiently. So having your patient payment policy have some of those key elements of definitions in there and having your front office staff understand those are really important. Next, number five is patient payments. So, right, you have a patient payment policy. You got to explain when they can expect to have to pay. And that's where you're outlining things like, hey, It's your responsibility to give us your insurance information. We're going to check eligibility as a courtesy, and we're going to let you know what your copay, deductible, and coinsurance are, right? Because we've defined those. And now we're saying in your policy that these things have to be paid up front or self-pay patients. They must pay the full amount up front. So you can talk about things like when they need to pay, right? So as much as you know up front is going to be what you put down because that's our recommendation. And then if there is a, you know, an amount that is due after the visit, right? Um, either the insurance company has said, you know, hey, there was more deductible than you thought or whatever's left, that they're going to be expected to have a statement within 30 days and then they're expected to pay that, you know, immediately. Even better if you can have in there that you keep credit cards on file, obviously with a compliance, you know, all that buttoned up. And um, if you do have something in there that says, I'm going to keep a credit card on file, you know, let them know. If we have a credit card on file and your balance is over 60 days, we're going to charge the credit card, period, done. I mean, maybe you want to have a courtesy if it's under $250 or something like that, just so you can you know, if it is over that, you give the patients a, he- you know, heads up that, hey, we're going to be charging your card today. It was, you know, over- your patient uh, is overdue and, you know, it's time to pay. Now, all of these things, right, are strict. They are stringent. But at the end of the day, you you know, practices are harder and harder to keep open. And so if you look at your patient AR, and that's what I encourage you to do, right? So after you get done listening to this, go look at your patient AR. What is it? Is it 5,000? Is it 30,000? Is it 200,000? What is that? And how do you make sure that that number gets paid? So options are, you know, can you have your, you know, front office staff calling those patients and say, hey, you have a balance. Is it pulling that information ahead of time before they come in and going, we're going to collect everything that is due to us for the patients we're seeing next week, period. And maybe even incentivize your staff. Hey, 
if we collect 90% of what patient balances are before these patients come in over this you know period of a month or 60 days or whatever, we're going to do bonuses. So you can throw in those sort of things to incentivize your staff to be on the same page. So again, alerting patients when they need to pay and and how you handle credit cards on file, how you handle past due statements is kind of, you know, wrapped up number five and number six. So, you know, both of those things are really critical to have in your patient payment policy. Number seven, missed appointments. What do you do for no-shows? What do you charge for that? Is it $25, $35? Making sure that they're aware that you have a signature that states, if you have a missed appointment, if you don't alert us in 24 hours, we're going to charge you a no-sure. And you follow through with that. That's really critical. I mean, and you can maybe even have something where, okay, you get, you know, a freebie once a year, right? You know, kid wakes up sick. You're not going to be able to come to the doctors that day. Fine. Come up with something. But repeat offenders should be charged and even potentially discharged if they're continuously no-showing. Because again, if your office is busy, as it should be, then you are wasting money every time that those patients don't show. So missed appointments needs to be a part of your patient payment policy. And last is communication permission. So it's important to talk to patients about how you plan to contact them, where you can leave messages, and by whom you can discuss their treatment plans with. So while it's not quite a patient payment policy, it needs to be somewhere in you know the policy you create as uh, as you a physician with your patient. So again, those are the eight things, eight elements that you can have in your patient payment policy. And again, with that missed communication, that can also be who gets notifications or information around what patients have financial responsibility for. So again, that kind of all ties in together. So really important to have a patient payment policy, sit down with your staff, Go pull your patient AR, understand what your current policy is, right? Do you have a policy? Sit down with your staff and ask them questions about if they understand the policy that you've created. And next is to sit down and improve on your policy or create one if you don't have one so that you can come up with mechanisms that allow you to, again, collect all of the information that your practice deserves. So hopefully you have enjoyed this podcast this week. And if you do have any questions, feel free to email us at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com. And again, if you're looking at your medical billing metrics, which I always recommend looking at once a month, and you're looking at those and going, gosh, these aren't where I think that they need to be, or I don't understand them, give us a call and we'd be happy to set up a meeting with you. So hopefully you guys have a great rest of the weekend and we'll talk to you next week. 